everybody welcome back to our online experience we are glad that you're here watching uh, with with your loved ones with your friends with your family or wherever you're tuning in from we're just happy that you're here spending your Sundays with us you know last week uh, we were we were learning or we learned about the lives of the disciples and their responses during the uncertainties after Jesus was taken up uh, to heaven you know, the disciples, uh, we, we, we saw this from the book of John and from the book of Acts, that the disciples were assured that they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and they were to wait in Jerusalem, right? And uh, hey, talking about waiting, waiting time is one of the most intolerable moments for us humans. Uh, I think it's not naturally in our nature to, to wait, right? Now, I'm sure there are some of you out there who ace the test when it comes to waiting uh, patiently and adhering to all the norms. A massive salute to you guys. You guys are totally good at that. But for most of us, most of us, waiting does not come naturally. Talking about waiting, I'm sure we're getting a first-hand experience of waiting during these times of lockdown when we step out for our groceries, when you step out for any of your work, you know, we have to be so patient, we have to be in those queues, maintain the norms of social distance and all of that. So waiting is, is really getting into our systems and into our routines on, on a very specific, in a very specific way. And, and I don't know about you, but I hate the fact that when you prepare yourself mentally and physically to wait for your turn. You know, you're at the best of your behavior. Wherever you are, you're waiting in the queue. There's always that one person who, who cuts the queue and just passes by you and in a very elegant way, right? As though like you don't exist. Have you, have you been in those situations? Come on, show of hands on the chat, guys. If you, if you have ever encountered one of those situations recently, you, you're trying your best to make sure you are not the one to cut the queue. You're waiting and then there's, you know, this person just glances by, just passes by you. And, and the, the worst part is they act so surprised, right? Have you, have you noticed that? Or are you the one who cuts those cues? Well, what, whichever category you are in, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy when you see that happen. But, you know, coming back to the life of the disciples, we, we saw that the disciples were obedient and were faithful uh, in, in what had been asked from them by Jesus. Hey, on a side note, how are you doing with your obedience to Christ? What's your waiting game looking like? You know, the disciples, just to give you, just to give you a background of the, of the text that we are going to be talking about, the disciples were together in a room for, uh, for about 10 days or more. You know, staying together, eating together, praying in anticipation for something to happen. They were, they were, they were really waiting. Now, a bunch of 120-odd folks in one room for 10 days is asking for a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? Can you imagine all the commotion? Can you imagine the expectations you know, flowing? Can you imagine all the disappointments? And, and can you imagine all the egos flying around in that, in that one room, right? I mean... We have been experiencing lockdown. Now, I don't know how your journey of lockdown started, but I have to confess something over here. For Juhi and me, it was not the easiest of times. 
I mean, I mean, you're already irritated and frustrated about the part that, that you cannot get out, the, the life that you were accustomed to, the, the things that you did on a daily basis. All of a sudden, it's come to a standstill, and then you're, you're in your house, and I know she's my wife. I know I'm her husband, and so don't try to judge me on that, but I don't know if you've been in that space, but we both got off to a very rough start during the times of lockdown. Now, I don't know if I ask you to do a show of hands if you, if you do that, but how many of you have had a rough start for your, during your lockdown when, when you were locked up with your family members? It's not easy, let's be real. But, but what got me, Luke, the author of Acts, draws our attention to this one particular scripture that we read last week, and which gives you and me an idea of how the disciples were waiting. The, the, it says that the disciples were united, gripped with passion, and were in prayer day and night. That's right, day and night. That's Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Uh, it says that the disciples were united, gripped with passion, and were in prayer day and night. I love this fact that though there are so many people out there, the Bible and, and Luke is helping us understand how well we can wait. That the posture, the, the nature in which we, we are waiting is, is so crucial. And crucial for what? Because the promise that Jesus had given them about the, the, every disciple receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, they were, they were positioning themselves for that. And, and I want to help us catch a few important principles as we look into the disciples' encounter with the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, let's, let's turn to Acts chapter 2 and we'll read a few verses. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. We're reading from the Passion Translation. I just want to tell you, I know, I, know I, I, I encourage you guys to take notes. I encourage you guys to refer uh, to, to the passages that we're reading. I, I want to encourage you tonight especially. I believe there's something special about to be birthed in your hearts, guys. I'm not just saying it to make you feel good. But tonight, God really wants to stir up a few things in your heart. So I want to encourage you to make notes. I want to encourage you to, to go to those verses in your Bibles, whatever devices you're using or your hard copies. Let's do this together. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. On the day of the Pentecost, on the day the Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house uh, from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was, was so overpowering that it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never heard. Let's pray. God, I want to take this opportunity to thank you once again for every single person who's watching or listening to this. I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open and receptive to everything your, your, your presence wants to speak to us, Lord. Father, I pray, uh, take, take charge of this time. We pray, Lord, that your, your will be done through this time 
of us diving in to your word. In your precious name, God, we pray. Amen. You know, what we read just now is one of, one of the most profound and, and, uh, and historic moments ever recorded in the Bible. And, and, and I'll tell you why it is historic. Because the manner in which the, the, the disciples had the encounter of the Holy Spirit was not something that happened very frequently during those days. If you go back and study the text, if you go back and study the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, you would hear that, you you'd know this, that, that, Things like this were, were very special you know, because till now the disciples and all the religious leaders had only a textual reference about the outpouring of the, of the presence or, or outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And uh, the reason is so special because until that moment it was just a textual reference. But until that moment because what happened at the day of the Pentecost was a paradigm shift. The, the disciples' encounter with the Holy Spirit was a paradigm shift in the history of Christian faith. The disciples' encounter with the Holy Spirit was a paradigm shift in the history of Christian faith. I want to tell you something. In, in, in the year 1962, a book written by Thomas Kuhn, a, a, a physicist from the United States, altered the way how people looked at the philosophy behind science. His, his book sold over 1.4 million copies and, and maybe more till date. And, and it also helped coin this phrase that you would have heard, paradigm shift, that is often quoted or misquoted in conversations. Now, I can, I can assure you this, in our conversation today, I'm quite certain that we are not going to be misquoting on this one. And, and this is what the, 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 the definition or, or the phrase paradigm shift, this is what it meant. Thomas Kuhn described the paradigm shift as that which opens up new approaches to understanding that would never have been considered valid before. The definition of this is a change from one way of thinking to another. But here is something important about this concept. This change just does not happen. Can you say that with me? This change just does not happen. But rather it is driven by agents of change. See, I want you to know this. Until the arrival of Jesus on earth, the entire basis of the relationship between God and man was based on or limited to certain instances, patterns or structures of worship. You know, the idea of a tribe or, or a community or an individual relating with the Most High God was almost alien, which is why even God's own people, the people of Israel, were, were able to connect with God only through an appointed man or, or like these phrases that you would have heard, a high priest or a prophet. But fast forward into the life, death, resurrection, life, uh, into the birth, life, death and resurrection of Jesus, we see a massive shift. We see a massive shift. The creator of humanity, the life-giving, all-powerful God was physically present in the midst of all the people. 
Jesus came down from heaven to restore humanity, to save us from the eternal debt and lead us in his love. Do you see what's happening, church? You know, they saw him. They, they sat with him. They witnessed him do so many signs and wonders. And so many people even committed their lives to Jesus. But there was that one particular episode that, that helped complete the paradigm shift for humanity in their relationship with God. And that was the unique, powerful encounter of the Holy Spirit in that upper room. You know, the lives of the disciples were never the same after that. We, we, we see immediately that, that the people who had come to Jerusalem uh, from different parts of the earth had also gave their lives to Jesus. And we see that 3,000 people from various ethnic and various religious backgrounds were added to the community of Christ followers on that day. It, this, is, this, is not, this is not just something ordinary, guys. This is one of the most historic events recorded in the Bible. And, and that was uh, uh, the completion of the new paradigm that, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit had begun for the church. You know, we see one of the disciples, Peter, who, who's known to be so, you know, so, so impulsive, who's known to be so, so short-tempered. This guy stands up and shares God's heart for people who had gathered to see what was happening in the upper room. And we see so many hundreds and thousands of people give their lives to Jesus. And I want you to know this, one of the most evident things that happen when we allow the presence of God to move in us and move through us, the Holy Spirit in you will cause you to speak the wonders of God and share God's heart for others. That's one of the most evident things that you'll notice. I remember uh, a, a few years back, I, I got this opportunity to, to, to travel a lot in, in, uh, to different cities in India and uh, to visit a lot of schools and colleges when, when, we were, uh, when I was with Live Jam. And one of the things that we loved is that we got an opportunity to share our life stories and, and, and through that share the good news of the gospel in, in various school and college settings. Many of you have even joined some, some of these tours. You guys have volunteered and you know how, how incredible it is to see the, 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 the joy on the faces of the kids when, when they can get an encounter with, with, with Jesus. And I remember one of these cities that, that I was traveling in, uh, I, I got an opportunity to share my story about my experience of, of how Jesus pulled me out of, of, of rejection because of the child sexual abuse and the experience that, that went on for so many years. I've, I've shared that with you. But, but here's the, here's the, here's the in, interesting part about that conversation. We were just sitting down at the end of the day and, and we were just having a, a conversation with, with a few of the volunteers from that city who were touring with us. And, and in that conversation, I got, uh, it's, it was all the, you know, God nudging me to, to talk about my story again. And, and I was like, God, are you sure you want me to do this? And long story short, I went ahead, shared, uh, began talking about my experience and how God delivered me out of that. And it's what, what got me at that moment was one of the girls over there who, who walked up to me and said that, Dinan, I want you to know that I have been a, a victim of child sexual abuse. 
And just hearing your story right now has been such a beautiful reminder of how God has set me free. And it's almost like when I was listening to you, when I was listening to your story right now, I experienced freedom. And, and when I heard that, I, I was like, my goodness, this is, this is a God moment right here. Because, you know, I was just faithful. I was just very obedient to the nudge of the presence of God in that very moment. And, and just to hear that kind of breakthrough and just to hear that kind of that liberating moment for that girl in that situation. And this is the best part. Until that moment, she had not spoken about this for, to anyone, not even her closest friends, not even the closest people in her life, knew about that incident. We both did not even, we both barely knew each other, but just to see her open up and just to see her experience that freedom and liberation in, in, in God and in her life, I knew that it was not me, it was not my intellect, it was not my compelling story, but it was the Holy Spirit that made a difference in the life of that girl, in that conversation. See, because the nature of the Holy Spirit is to edify. The nature of the Holy Spirit is to equip. And the nature of the Holy Spirit is to empower us towards life. You know, Paul, in his writing to the Romans, helps us understand this in such a beautiful way. If you turn with me to Romans chapter 8, we'll just read these few verses. 14 to 16 from the Passion Translation. And this is what he says. The mature children of God are those who understand, who, who, who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive a, the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. I just want to pause for a moment guys and I believe when I was prepping for this God spoke to me through these scriptures again about the amazing assurance that you and me have as Christ followers and I just want to release this word over somebody who has been doubting over somebody who has been feeling neglected over somebody who has been feeling that hey they're not good enough or, or they need to constantly prove themselves I want you to hear this today this part is, is just for you today the Holy Spirit is telling you that you are God's beloved child you're not an orphan you've not been neglected you are God's beloved child because that's one of the greatest assurances that we have as a follower of Jesus Christ that God calls us accepted. God calls us his sons and his daughters and it is the Holy Spirit that plays such a pivotal role in helping us know this truth. You know, in these uncertain times where, where we feel so overwhelmed, where we feel so unsure about what's really happening, I want you to know that this truth still stands true. God has not abandoned you. He has not left you hanging. Jesus still desires to lead you towards the path of abundant life and peace. 
Because our lives in Christ are built on the steady guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And in that same chapter, Paul also goes ahead and says in these few verses from from verse 4 onwards, he says, so now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. It goes on to say also, for the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plans and refuses to submit to His direction, but it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. You see, we have been given such a beautiful gift, zealous. We have been given such a precious gift and that has the ability, the Holy Spirit has the power and the ability to transform us inside out. And it's the the Holy Spirit works in our life and leads us into true freedom and purpose for our lives. And it's the day of the Pentecost that initiated this deep, intimate relationship with not just a few selected people, but many more from different backgrounds, from different countries, from different, uh, different areas, different re- religious and different ethnic backgrounds who put their faith in Jesus as their one true living God and Savior. You know, coming back to the day of the Pentecost that we were reading about and coming back to this phrase called the paradigm shift. There are a few things that lead to a paradigm shift. And I just want to maybe highlight just, just two of those. The par- Listen to this carefully because this is, this is something that's going to, I told you there's a shift and a stirring that God wants to do. It's, it's maybe these two things can really you know, push that out. I want you to know this. First thing, the paradigm shift happens in the midst of a crisis. If you did not hear that, I want to say it again until you hear it really well. The paradigm shift happens in the midst of a crisis. Not when you're done with the crisis, not when everything is fine, in the midst of the crisis. Can you say that out with me? In the midst of the crisis. And the second thing I want to help you understand, the paradigm shift is driven by agents of change. I want you to prepare your heart, zealous. I want you to prepare your heart to embrace a paradigm shift in the current season of your life. A move, a shift that Jesus is willing to do in you and through you, through his unconditional love and the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. What does this shift look like? A shift that will change the course of your life to live a life full of meaning, to live a life full of purpose and and a deep sense of awe and love for Jesus Christ. A shift 
that will shake the very core of your being to, to view life through the lens of the unconditional love of God and a shift where every decision and every accomplishment and every milestone of your lives will be God-ordained and will be God-appointed and a shift that brings the surety in the middle of all your sureties. That is the paradigm shift that God is wanting to kickstart and bring about in your life in the midst of your crisis. So if you're battling through the storms of your life, if, if you're facing the uncertainties and if you're tired of figuring out things by yourself, you're pretty much in a crisis moment. I, I think you know this so well by now. I don't need to maybe remind you of that, but, but maybe I need to tell you or remind you of this. You are in the perfect spot for a paradigm shift, zealous. If you're listening to this, you are in a perfect spot for a paradigm shift. And I want to encourage you that God is the best when it comes to stepping into your mess and turning it into a message. God is the best when it comes to taking your test and turning it around into a testimony. He will do it for you. He has done it for you and he will do it through you because you are God's prized possession. You are God's loved son and daughter and you are God's agents of change. Come on somebody, I, I feel the presence of God right now and I want to tell you there is a shift coming. Can you say that with me? There is a shift coming. I don't care what you're going through right now. I want you to lift up your faith. I want you to lift up your hopes and, and focus on Jesus Christ who's the author and the finisher of your faith and tell yourselves right now in the very midst of your crisis, there is a shift coming. There is a shift coming. See, we don't know exactly when these challenging times are going to end. We don't know that. I don't know that. But I can tell you this for sure. Even during these moments, the Holy Spirit is still working across the lives of His sons and daughters and bringing the much-needed hope, the much-needed calm, and the much-needed assurance and making his way to restore the lives of his sons and daughters back to God. Because the Holy Spirit is our surety when everything else is falling apart. And I, just as I close out, I want to remind you, as on the day of the Pentecost, the presence of God swept, swept across the upper room, right? I don't know where you are right now, but I believe today, God can still do the same for you in your very own house, in the very place that you're watching in from right now. Wherever you are, that is your upper room. But even as I close out, I just want to remind you, the disciples were, were gripped with one passion. They were gripped in unity, and they were, they were, they were, they were, they were united, they were gripped with one passion, and they were in prayer day and night. I want to remind you, Zealous, that's the posture that will bring the paradigm shift of the Holy Spirit and everything God wants to do and accomplish through your lives right now. I, and I just want to say, if you have never made a decision 
to, to experience the love and experience the presence of Jesus in your life, you can do that right now wherever you are. It's as simple as giving your life and your heart to Jesus. That's what caused the paradigm shift. So if you, if you have been listening to this, if you, if you have been saying, Nenad, I think this, this speaks to me because I'm in the middle of a crisis. This speaks to me because I'm tired of figuring things out. This speaks to me because oh, this, this sounds good and I want to be a part of it. How can I begin? Well, the first step is when you make a decision to give your life and your heart to Jesus. That's the beginning of your paradigm shift for you. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.